the US Federal Reserve has just held its main interest rates as expected. But financial markets have reacted by pulling expectations of global interest rates a little bit lower for next month. So stock markets are up a bit and riskier currencies like the New Zealand dollar and Australian dollar are up a bit too. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, we find out about an apparently obscure meeting of party officials in China that's held once every five years, and the last one turned out to be very consequential. The downbeat of the property sector has dragged the China's growth rate substantially in the past three years. We estimate that the, um, it has dragged 1.3% point uh, GDP growth every year. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, the US Federal Reserve has just held interest rates as expected. Here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, talking to me at 5.15am Australian time, that's 15 minutes after the Fed's announcement came out. I think it plays into our view that they've probably peaked for the moment. However, they haven't taken it completely off the table, would be my assessment. And we're going to have to wait and see how the labour market data and the inflation data play out between now and the December meeting. Number two, the initial reaction on financial markets was to lower expectations of a Fed hike next month in part because of weak US GDP growth data that came out earlier overnight. Here's Brian again. The initial market reaction was one of relief, one of an assessment that, you know, with the Fed really acknowledging this tightening in financial conditions, that may well obviate the need for higher interest rates. And therefore, uh, we saw a rally in the front end of the curve. We saw expectations for a December rate increase come down. So just to summarise then, at 5.30 Australian time, the US 10-year Treasury bond yield is down 7 basis points at 4.8%. The US 2-year Treasury yield down 6 basis points at 5.00%. The Australian dollar is up at 63.71 US cents, and the New Zealand dollar, that's up at 5838 US cents. And the S&P 500, as we speak, up half a percent to 4,216. Number three, Australia's building approvals fell 4.6% in September. Here's ANZ Australia's senior economist, Adelaide Timbrell, to explain why it matters. But what's more important than that is that they're still running at around a decade low. This is particularly true for apartments, although housing approvals are at around their weakest in the last 10 years as well. Property developers don't want to build as much in an environment where funding costs are higher, construction costs are higher, and the risks are higher. Even though really strong population growth and low vacancy rates in the rental market mean that there's a lot more homes needed in the Australian economy. Number four, New Zealand's labour market continued to ease in the third quarter, but importantly, it wasn't just the supply side that was recovering. Here's ANZ economist for New Zealand, Henry Russell. 
We're also starting to see signs that labour demand is clearly cooling. That was evident in the contraction in employment and also the fall in the participation rate, which signals that some of those fringe workers are now starting to exit those who have been pulled into the labour market at the height of its tightness. The Reserve Bank will have welcomed these data as they clearly signal the labour market has now turned, um, and we do think that reduces the likelihood that they will hike as soon as February, but we continue to expect that the Reserve Bank's next move will be a hike. There's other factors in the economy that still are presenting risk, particularly regarding domestic inflation and also the broader demand impacts of the surge in migration we've seen. Number five, Indonesia's CPI inflation yesterday was relatively benign, but that doesn't mean the pressure is off the central bank. As ANZ's Asia economist, Crystal Tan, explains. Well, Indo's inflation did pick up in October, but at 2.56% year-on-year, it's still pretty benign. However, pressure for further tightening by the central bank is going to persist as long as we remain in this environment where US yields are high and the US dollar is strong. Crystal Tan there. And now, in our bonus deep dive interview, we hear from ANZ's senior strategist in China, Xiao Pangjing, about a conference held this week called the National Financial Work Conference. Now, that sounds boring, but the last one caused the biggest shift in China's economy in a decade and was a major reason for its growth slowdown over the last year. I asked him why this conference is so important in China's system. We have very top regulators, bankers, and also uh, other people yeah, who is responsible for the economic and the financial work in the country. So uh, this is the top uh, profile uh, meeting. Uh, it's usually held uh, uh, twice every uh, decade. So uh, uh, every time, I think uh, it makes a turn around in the China financial development. For example, uh, last time in 2017, the meeting uh, at that time confirmed uh, China to deleverage. So uh, that's uh, what has happened. Uh, in the past five years, uh, China deleveraged the financial system heavily, and uh, it makes a significant change to the financial uh, system and also the economic growth. Uh, another big reason for uh, the importance, I think, is that China has a very big financial industry now. The overall uh, assets amount, I think, at this time is over 400 trillion yuan. So uh, perhaps this is the biggest financial system running in the world. And uh, that decision to deleverage uh, has really had a huge impact on the property sector in China and uh, you could argue overall growth in the last year or two. Yeah, uh, I think everybody uh, knows that the three red lines uh, story yeah, because the property developers uh, need to uh, deleverage because they have a very high uh, leverage ratio. So in the past three years, uh, a lot of developers have been run into uh, distress because they have uh, don't have sufficient cash flow to pay their debts. I think the story is still continue at this moment. And uh, it also uh, has a big impact to China's growth because the uh, property sector, I think, account about 30, almost 30% 30 of uh, China's GDP. So the downbeat of the property sector 
has dragged the China's growth rate substantially in the past three years. We estimate that the it has dragged 1.3 percent point GDP growth every year. What have we learned from、um, the conference so far about、uh, what's changed? This time, I think、uh, it's different because、uh, we don't expect、uh, a turn around、uh, of China's financial policy、uh, because、uh, the conference confirmed that、uh, every policy will continue and、uh, it will insist on the consistency of the policy in the future. So、uh, we don't expect China can revert the、uh, financial policy in, in the next five years. But the overall sentiment to、uh, the market, I think, is a little bit risk off, because the、uh, conference stressed on、uh, strict、uh, financial regulation and resolving the financial risks. So、uh, it makes the tone,、uh, I think, is a little bit uh, uh, negative. And what do you think are the implications for China's monetary policy? I think it's very rare to uh, see uh, uh, the the readout has a, a sentence to keep the funding cost、uh, declining. This means that the rate hike chance or liability uh, likelihood will be、uh, very very small in the future. Means it's senior China strategist Zhao Bangjing. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was five and five with ANZ for Thursday, November the second. Catch you tomorrow. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.